Today's scripture comes from Judges chapter 4. I believe we are doing verses 1 through 9. And it reads, Then the sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin the king of Canaan, who resigned in Hazar. And the commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Herosheth Hagoim. The son of Israel cried out to the Lord, for he had 900 iron chariots, and he opposed the sons of Israel severely for 20 years. Excuse me, oppressed the sons of Israel severely for 20 years. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Labadoth, was judging Israel at that time. She used to sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel, in the hill country of Ephraim, and the sons of Israel came up to her for judgment. Now she sent and summoned Barak, the son of Abinom, from Kadesh Naphtali, and said to him, uh, Behold, the Lord, the God of Israel, has commanded, Go and march to Mount Tabor, and take with you 10,000 men from the sons of Naphtali and from the sons of Zebulun. I will draw out to you Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his many troops to the river Kishon, and I will give him into your hand. Then Barak said to her, If you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. She said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the honor shall not be yours on the journey that you are about to take. For the Lord will set Sisera into the hands of a woman. Then Deborah rose and went to Barak in Kadesh. Let us pray. Gracious God, Lord, I thank you for getting me through all these vocabulary words that I don't use every day. And I thank you, O oh God, for the message that is to come from this scripture. Lord, give us willing hearts and willing ears as we look and seek after your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all laugh. My wife was creating the slides that we can't see today. And she said, are you sure you can pronounce all that stuff? I said, uh, you might want to start praying now. <laughs> this particular portion of scripture is really interesting. And there's a lot more to it than the nine verses that, that I read. But quite frankly, I thought if I read all of chapter four and all of chapter five and all of chapter six, you might be a little upset with me. And so we're going to summarize it a little bit, if that'd be okay. And so we find in this particular portion of scripture, Deborah, she is a, a judge in, uh, in Israel. And, and the interesting thing about this is that she was a woman, is a woman, was a woman. She is a woman. And the, 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 the reason why I point that out is we are in a, a society that is ruled and run by men, but there is this woman judge, this, this, this lady that sits under this tree and is able to judicate or, or, or look at situations uh, that people bring to her and say, uh, uh, this is what we're going to do. She is a, a judge with authority in Israel. Now, the interesting thing also about her is the scripture tells us that she is a prophetess. So this woman hears from God. She is wise. She, she is, <laughs> according to, to some theologians, unusual. But I have a hard time believing that she was so un, 
unusual. It was just unusual that a woman actually made it into the scriptures that, that was both a judge and a prophet. Had influence, one that was wise, one that could speak the truth, and one that people respected. This woman, Deborah, she comes into the story and, and she, uh, she, she talks to Barak and she says, look, God has said that you need to go out and he will allow you to overtake this army. And Barak begins to think, and I'm going to give it to you like I gave it to the youth this morning. So forgive me if I'm funny, is what it is. Uh, he, he begins to think, now, 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 Deborah said that we have two tribes that are going to go, not all of them, just, just two. And from those, we might have 10,000 people, but they have horses, they have chariots, I think they have like 900 of those, and they have all of these other people that are going to come up against us. Um, Deborah, I will go if you go, but if you don't go, I'm not going. And it's, it's funny because in some cases we think about the fact that the prophet goes with the, the warrior and, and blesses the troops and we know that God is going to be with him and other theologians are like, well, he probably looked at the, the, the size of what he was going to face and was like, all right, let's see if this woman is for real. If she will come with me, then I know I'm good. If she doesn't, then we might have a problem. But the reality of it is they go into this, this battle and they win and they win so much till the, the other commander is running away and he comes to this tent of this woman and he asks for some water because he and her husband are, are, are connected in, a, a, in, in, the fact, in the sense that they don't have any issues with one another. She gives him milk, he lays down and uh, while he is sleeping she drives a tent peg through his temple killing him and essentially ending that portion of the war. Now, what, what, there are a lot of different things that we can grab out of this. We'll do just a few. The first thing is, the, 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 the first person or the first character in this particular portion of scripture is Deborah. She's a woman, she has influence, she is a judge, she is a, prophet, a prophetess, a prophet, a prophetess, and she has all of these things that women aren't supposed to have. Well, what can we learn from that? Well, I'm glad you asked. The thing that we can learn from, from this particular portion of the scripture is it really doesn't matter what the world says about you. It doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter the stereotypes that you may live under because of your demographics. It does not matter how, how, what, what folks have told you you can and you can't do. The only thing that matters is what God has said about you. Because what we find is when God, give, when God puts a calling on your life, when God gives you purpose, when God gives you a promise, it is yea and amen. And so they can talk as much as they want to. They, they can say all the, the things that you can't do because of where you come from. They can, they can talk about you because you're a woman, because you're black, because you're white, because your sexual preference isn't common. But what they cannot do is cancel out the thing that God has placed on your life. Deborah could have succumbed to what everybody thought of her and could have come to the stereotypes of the time and then could have looked at the fact that she was a woman and she was a wife and th this just isn't for me and stepped back and not lived out her call, but look at all the impact that she had. The, 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 the J.L., I think is the, the wife's name in the end, she, she could have said, uh, I, I, I am just a woman, I am just a wife, I cannot do any of these things, but in essence, she is the one 
that, 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 that Deborah spoke of in the beginning when she said, your victory will come at the hands of a woman. The second thing we can, can grab from this is that your faith is your strength. What do I mean by that? I mean that, 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 that Barak, Barak uh, came and he saw all the things that were in front of him. And though he be a courageous warrior, they were very real. There were 900 chariots. There were horses. There were uh, soldiers. There, there were all these people that were going to come against him. And they had two tribes, which equated to about 10,000 people, to fight all of these folks. But God said to go. His faith, her, uh, Deborah's faith, the faith of Israel was their strength because the things they didn't know that God was going to do was the very thing that helped them to win. If you go to the next chapter, you find that God caused er, uh, the earth to quake, earthquakes. And I told our youth this morning, uh, uh, if a horse is walking, the last thing they want to feel is the ground under them shake. It, it, it takes their balance. It takes their focus. It causes a problem. And if you are rolling around in chariots, the last thing you want is a torrential downpour or rain to fall because those chariot wheels just don't work as well in mud as they do on hard clay soil. And so it is amazing how God used what only God could use to assure them victory in a place where it looked like there was absolutely, positively, no way they could have won but their faith was their strength, their faith to go, their faith to believe that God was in control of the situation. And if God said they were going to win, they had to be on the road to victory. Their, their faith, their faith to hold on to the promise, their, their faith to hold on to the purpose is the reason why they were able to achieve this victory. And that is important in today's society. Because quite frankly, we all face a lot of different things. There are challenges that, that we all face, not, not just because of, of whether we are a man or a woman, but because of our, whether we're young or we're old or we're black or we're white or we're, we're Asian or Korean or Japanese or, or Hispanic, or, or, or you can run the gamut of demographics, whether you're tall or you're short, there is something that somebody told you you could not do, you can't do. It is impossible, but guess what? Your faith is your strength. I grew up in a small community, I've told you this before, called Cloverland in the south side of Houston, Texas. I went to high school in a, 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 a school that is labeled online the dropout factory. My household was me, my mom, and my grandmother. My dad was nowhere present. If you haven't noticed, and you, you may have not noticed, but I'm also a young black man. Well, not as young as I used to be. I'll claim it until I can't anymore. And so there were a lot of people that said a lot of things. Oh, you can't go to school because your high school is a dropout factory. They don't teach you anything. Oh, you'll never get out of this neighborhood because 90% of the people that grow up here stay here. Oh, you'll, you'll, you'll never be able to graduate from college because you, you've decided to go to a predominantly white institution instead of an HBCU and nobody's going to help you there. 
There, there are a lot. You, you are the product of a single parent household uh, in all of your examples, which wasn't true, is your mother and your grandmother. But they forgot about the deacons, the pastors, the community leaders, my neighbors and my friends, fathers. But we'll jump over that. Uh, the, the only examples that you have are your your mother and your grandmother. So you will not know what it means to be a man or be able to stand up on your own two feet. I say that because I believe this is me looking at me. I think I've overcome most of those no's and I stand here proof that that God is real. And the only thing I had to hold on to were the words of those that love me. Thank you, mom. Thank you, granny. Thank you. All those that have supported me over the years and the word that I found in the scriptures that said, if God said yes, nobody in this world could say no. This isn't about me, however. What I want you to do is be able to look inside and find that place where somebody, a, a, a mother, a friend, a cousin, a dad, a, a, anybody told you that there was no way on God's green earth you could do the thing that you knew in your heart you were called to do. And take that moment and realize that in that moment your faith is your strength. And if God said yes, there is nothing and nobody that can tell you no. If God said yes, the only person that can choose not to go is you. If God says yes, let your faith in God's word be more than enough. Amen. The last thing that I want to, to point out is this. My title originally was two for one. Can't see it on the screen. We will get that fixed. And originally, my two for one was this. If we are going to talk about women in this, this time frame, and I think we have two Sundays to do this, then, then last week I gave you a woman with no name. And this week, instead of giving you one, I'm going to give you two. Two women, one sermon. We did good today, right? But what I found was that two for one, uh, this two for one special may mean a few different things. Number one, yes, uh, we do see two women in one scripture. And quite frankly, you find Deborah uh, overcoming and canceling out all the things that should have held her back in one verse. And then you find uh, ja, uh, you find the wife um, overcoming and, and becoming something that, that, that nobody thought she could be and nobody thought she could do and being stronger than, than ever expected in another verse. Before I go forward, do you do you understand what they said? They said this woman took a tent peg and drove it through a man's skull. She probably showed up uh, to the to the entrance of the tent, uh, modestly dressed, looking uh, a dainty for that time, uh, was humble, soft spoken and un unsuspecting. And then all of a sudden she grabs a hammer and her biceps look like Hulk Hogan. I'm sorry, <laughs> not Hulk Hogan. Um, but she was strong in body, strong in mind, and strong beyond what anybody could ever think. And quite frankly, strength has to be more than what you see. It has to be what God has placed in you. But two for one special. Two women, one sermon. But what it also says is that women are not the only ones that have been oppressed. Women have, are not the only ones that have been overlooked. Women are not the only ones that have been thrown away. Women are not the only ones that have been talked about. Women are not the only ones that people in society stereotype. Every one of us has something that is tied to our lives that, that caused people to put us in this box. The two for one says, if God and the Old Testament of the Bible 
can do this much, uh, do this much and make this big of an impact with the women that were not supposed to have any type of power, then imagine what God in 2021 can do our own thoughts of what the world says we should be and simply rely on his promises. Two for one special. We can talk about the scripture, but the scripture still today applies to our life. So the question becomes, now that you know that your faith is your strength, now that you know that God's word is the only thing that matters as it comes to your, your purpose and the provision for that purpose in your life, and now that you know that your strength is more than what people can see, but what God has already put in you, what will you do with this two-for-one special? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.